The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We're, we certainly appreciate everybody being around. Uh, and, and if you're hanging on from uh, that exciting episode of Soul of the Enterprise, we appreciate it. If you're tuning in just now to hear the Work-Life Balance, I'd like to welcome you. My name is Rick A. Morris. Uh, I own a company called R Squared Consulting, and today we're really going to discuss uh, just a little bit about me, some of my philosophies, and, and hopefully uh, to get you guys excited uh, to hear more from this show. Um, you can follow me at Twitter at, at Rick A. Morris, so that's at Rick A. Morris. You can find me at LinkedIn with Rick A. Morris or R2 Consulting, as well as Facebook. So please connect with me. Love talking to the audience. Uh, love talking to everybody out there. As a matter of fact, this is a dream come true, so I have a quick shout out. Uh, to uh, Winston Price, who who found me and, and uh, talked me into to coming out and doing the show. Um, like I said, it, it, it's a dream come true. One of my favorite stories of growing up is I was around uh, seven years old, and my father bought me one of these electronic sets where you had all the different wires, and you could put the wires into the things and, and you know make different electronic devices. And one of them said, uh, you could make a radio station. So I diligently put all the wires together and you tune into a certain frequency on, on a stereo and I could hear myself over the radio. Although in my seven-year-old brain, I thought I was actually broadcasting to the world. So I didn't go to sleep for 32 hours because I couldn't go off the air. I had to have that radio show going. And so my father had to pull me aside and let me know that I was broadcasting to about you know a three-foot radius versus uh, broadcasting across the world. But now... Thanks to Winston and thanks to uh, the Voice American Business Channel, I'm actually broadcasting all over the world. So we certainly appreciate that. I uh, wanted to start off with just a quick introduction to who I am, what my philosophy is, and we're going to get into some uh, really good learning opportunities here uh, today. So again, Rick Morris, I own R-Square Consulting. I've been a project manager for the last uh, 20 years, and I help organizations all over the world become better at operating and running projects. Uh, whether I start to uh, uh, help them with uh, implementation of software to manage their enterprise or just through process and better project management. And what I've learned throughout that, those years of consulting is really how to protect the work-life balance. I'm very, very focused on employees and employer relationships and making sure that you know, we can come in, put a great hard day work uh, in, and make sure that we can also uh, go home and enjoy ourselves. So, you know, not a big fan of the 95-hour work weeks and not a big fan of having these impossible uh, project dates that people are pushed towards. So I do everything I can when I'm engineering with an organization uh, to make sure that we're protecting the work-life balance. So what I will be doing over this show is sharing a lot of those tips and tools and techniques. So we get into communication types. We're going to get into the axiology of the brain. We're going to get into how to do better estimates. We're going to get into all kinds of different things that should hopefully improve not only your business life, 
but your home life as well. So, so excited to be here, and, and thanks to the Voice America Business Channel for hosting me. So I wanted to start off with, with talking about my personal philosophy, uh, and it was something that's obviously been developed over the years, and really uh, hit home to me around 1997, uh, 1998, is, is when I first was exposed to this. Um, but I wanted to talk about, and it's kind of funny to start this way, but about a Broadway show. That Broadway show was called Rent, and it was written by an incredible artist by the name of Jonathan Larson. Uh, Jonathan Larson really wanted to change the rock musical. He really had a focus um, and wanted to kind of bring a rock edge and, and a, a different hip kind of audience down to Broadway. And so he worked his entire life uh, trying to do that, had a couple of plays that didn't work out, and then finally started to work on a newer version of an opera called La Boheme. And so Jonathan um, worked, had some incredible actors with him. Uh, so you had Idina Menzel there, you had Anthony Rapp there, um, Ty Diggs, just so many people uh, that was surrounding him. And they went through this workshop and that was his goal. He was going to do this beautiful play. If you haven't seen this play, it deals a lot with uh, loss and, and people that are struggling in certain areas and uh, centers around a group of friends in New York. Well, so much of this play uh, was actually about Jonathan's life. He put so much of himself into this play. And again, wanted to finally make it to Broadway. That was his lifelong dream. So he just finished the final dress rehearsal before they were going to take the play uh, to Broadway or open the play on Broadway. And Jonathan went home that evening and actually died of uh, aortic aneurysm. His heart burst um, due to the Marfan syndrome. And so Jonathan never got to see the play open on Broadway. And the play itself is dealing with loss and, and people that, have, that are past or, or living you know, with different diseases. And, and so the, the cast was wondering, you know, what do we do? And so they decided to go ahead and, and open the play, but they wanted to open it table read style so that it was more about the words and lyrics of Jonathan Larson than so much you know, about the performance itself. Well, as they're doing the play, they realize that the play has quickly turned to how to say goodbye to Jonathan. And Jonathan wrote this beautiful affirmation into the play, and it goes like this. It says, there's only us, there's only this. Forget regret or life is yours to miss. No other path, no other way, no day but today. And that was some of the most profound lyrics for me. I heard that at a time I really needed to hear it and really started to focus and realize there really isn't any other day but today. Yesterday's gone, tomorrow's not promised. And that's not a morbid thought, it's just the truth. All we have and all we can worry about and all we can deal with is today. And we can plan for the future and we can do all the things, but we don't need to be worrying about our past. We don't need to be consumed with what the future brings because we could miss what's right in front of us, which is today. And so I started to look at my personal life and everything that I was doing and how I was working with things and wanted to make sure that I was living today to the, the possible fullest. And it was an unbelievable transformation for me. Transformation started happening everywhere because of this play. As a matter of fact, Broadway's never been the same since this play uh, came about because one of the things that Jonathan had seen is that it was too expensive for him to go to a Broadway play. And so he always said if he made it, he was going to devise a system where anybody could come see a Broadway play at any time. So he devised what was called the lottery system. 
And so now, uh, as a matter of fact, I stood in line for the lottery to see my friend Wayne Brady in uh, Kinky Boots on Sunday. Um, you can now go down two hours before curtain time in most of the major plays and put your name in a hat. And then they'll draw winners for the front two rows. And if you win, it's $30 cash. Right then, you can get up to two tickets, and you can see that play that evening. If you don't win, you know, try again tomorrow. So anytime I'm in New York City uh, working with clients, I always you know, travel down to Broadway and try the lottery. But that change was, was brought about by Jonathan. He really did uh, change the way Broadway worked, the way people thought about it. And not only that, but his rock musical gained just about every award that you could have. was nominated for a Grammy, won just a slew of Tonys, and has had just a fantastic run and a fantastic following. One of the quotes that Jonathan had said right before his death was, it's not how long you are here, it's what you did while you were here. And again, very, very profound, very big thing for me to start to think about. So in applying this whole no day but today to my life, we have to start to wonder and worry about, you know, some of the things that we're mad about with each other, it's not that big of a deal. If we start thinking about, you know, why we were angry at this person or what upset us and we start to hold different grudges, if you really get into the meat of it, it's not that big of a deal. We're here too short of a time to get caught up in anger and to get caught up in, in dread and in, in grudges and everything else to just live life to the fullest that we want to live. So I always say to you guys, you know, there's always things that could be going on, but there's no day but today to start fixing whatever it is that you want to fix, right? Tomorrow's always the greatest day. Tomorrow's, you know, tomorrow I'm going to start that diet or tomorrow I'm going to start working out or tomorrow I'm going to go do this. But really today's the only day that we have that we can start to actually work on ourselves. So I use this philosophy throughout my whole life um, now and in, in really start to focus on making sure that I'm making the right decisions um, and making sure that I am having that work-life balance, right? So many of us will try to work so hard and amass a small fortune and then start saying that we're going to live later. One of the greatest things about my wife is, you know, she really started to encourage, I was a kind of a workaholic early on. She started to really encourage me to make sure that I started to live now, right? So we'd always said we wanted to travel the world. Well, a lot of people will wait and, and say, well, we'll do that when we retire. But hey, there's no guarantee, right? All we know is what we have right now and today. So we started to travel a lot more. We started to take a lot more vacations and really sit back and enjoy life. And I can't thank my wife enough for pushing me in that direction um, to make sure that we're, we're really doing what we're supposed to be doing. So today, we're going to finish the no day but today. Um, we've got a break that's coming up in just a moment. And then from there, I'm going to walk you through some roles and goals. We'll talk about some connotation. And again, if you guys want to reach me, you can reach me at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting. That's R-S-Q-U-A-R-E-D consulting.com. You can tweet me at, at Rick A. Morris. Love to hear from you throughout the show. And as a matter of fact, we'll actually take some calls at the end of the show um, just to make sure people are listening. Make sure you're out there and you're having a good time and enjoying the show. So we got a break coming up uh, right now, and uh, I will see you in a couple of minutes. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? 
R Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, Visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. All right, welcome back. I'd like to uh, also give a shout-out to The Party, which is a group that uh, I used to manage uh, for giving me that uh, beat, that song, it gets me pumped up and ready for the show. Uh, and I'd like to thank the artists uh, that, that helped me out with that. Um, also, uh, if you want to tweet, it's at Rick A. Morris, and you can hit me with the hashtag WorkLifeBalance. Be responding to those throughout the show. So I appreciate those that are already reaching out. Uh, so we want to start to go down the path of this no day but today and start talking about roles and goals. And one of the things from a project management perspective, people like to ask me what I do as a project manager. And, you know, it's hard to explain without, you know, sounding like office space. You know, they say, well, is it your project? No. You know, is it your requirements? No. Do the people report to you? No. And they're like, well, what do you do here? Right? So what we have to do as project managers is we have to inspire people. We have to make them want to do the work that we're asking them to do. And we have to do that without some of the traditional tools. And so through that inspiration portion, as a project manager, 
what then I like to say is I can make my sponsors' dreams come true. That's what we can do. You have a dream, you have a thought, you have a business, you have a project, anything it is that you're trying to get out there and do, a project manager has a skill set to help you break that down into consumable uh, work items to actually go accomplish that goal. And so that's the, the techniques that we have, and I wanted to start to take those and apply those to life. right? So when you start to look at the different roles that you have and the goals that you have, in your life, I want to I want to challenge you in just a little bit of different way of looking at that information. So first, you know what you want to do is to begin to identify your roles. So if I look at the roles that I play in in life, I'm I'm a business owner, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a brother, I'm a friend to people. Those are all different roles that I play. And one of the biggest questions that I wanted to start to ask myself is, you know, in the in the aspect of Jonathan Larson, you know, how do you want to be remembered? And if something happened tomorrow to you, how would you want to be remembered? How would, how would you want people to think of you? And I think it's a very powerful thing to sit down and think about that from a role perspective. So as a business owner, how do I want to be remembered? And I think that that's a, a different statement than as a father, how do I want to be remembered? Versus as a husband, how do I, how do I want to be remembered? So what you begin to do is to start to first identify your roles, and then you can start to document the statements or things that you would like people to say about you. So as a business owner, you know, I wanted to be known as a progressive business owner where people loved to come to work with me. That's, that was my, my key focus is making sure that this was the best job that they ever had. And so I want to be remembered as a fantastic boss who enabled people's dreams. So now that I've got that statement and now I've got that, that thought pattern, I can start to identify, well, what does that mean? Right? So now we can take each one of these statements. So if I want to be known as a loving father and somebody who was always there no matter what hap- had to happen, then now I've got a statement and a goal. So now what does that mean? So if I start looking at the business owner perspective and I wanted to, to, to be a great boss, I started looking and trying to identify the aspects of what people really wanted to do. And for me, again, is that work-life balance. So one of the things I wanted to make sure I protected was, you know, having a, an environment and a work workforce that not only do we work hard, but, you know, when our, our son or daughter had a game or there was a special event at school, you know, I didn't want it to be a hassle uh, for people to get off and, and, and be able to go be a part of their family. So we have a very progressive environment that, you um, that allows people to not only work at their own pace, um, work hard, earn more money than they've had, but do it in such a way that they're very fulfilled. So, for instance, uh, one of my partners, Carrie Blaze, uh, who I'll have on the show uh, coming soon, um, you know, Carrie worked his tail off at a bank for a very, very long time and didn't have the ability to move up, wasn't moving up in salary the way he wanted to. But the biggest thing he has is he has a very, very um, – fantastically gifted son uh, playing baseball who's starting to get recruited by colleges and all that other stuff. Well, when he was at the bank, he never got to, to see his son play a ball game. I mean, it was, it was far and few between to be able to catch the ball games um, that his son played. And under his first year with me, uh, he saw every game. I don't think he missed a single game uh, last season as they made a run at, uh, at the state championship here in Alabama. So that was, that was one of the things. The other thing from a business owner perspective was you know, we, we establish a sales goal that we're looking for for the organization in which, you know, we get bonused on. But then I wanted to have what was known as a stretch goal. And that stretch goal says if we achieve this level of revenue, 
um, or sales, then I took everybody in the organization uh, plus a spouse or family on a vacation. Uh, that was something my father did with a company he started in 1978. Um, I lost him when I was very young, and it was something that I wanted to continue and always stated I would do if that was uh, you know, something I had the opportunity to do as a business owner. So the first year when we hit our stretch goal, we actually went to New York City, took the whole, whole staff to New York City. And a quick funny story about that, what you're going to learn about me really quickly is that, that I have massive ADD. So hang on, gang, because we're going to have some fun. But anyway, I took everybody to uh, New York City, and one of my sales guys actually uh, would make fun of me uh, because I was so into Rent, that I love that play, Rent. I can listen to the soundtrack at any point. And there's one song that starts off with 525,600 minutes, and he's making fun of me. And I don't care because I can take it. I got really thick skin. But um, when we went to New York City, we actually went to see an off-Broadway uh, production of Rent. And so I, took, I said, you know, everybody's going to experience this the way I know it. And uh, by the end of the play, that big tough guy who's making fun of me was actually in tears. Uh, and I was like, see? I said, yeah, see? Us big guys, we like these plays. But uh, to me, that was very funny. So... Um, so as a business owner, that's how I wanted to be. How I want to be remembered as a father, you know, how do I want to be remembered? Well, I want to make sure that I'm making time to, you know, play board games with the kids and and, and be there. So, uh, again, you know, it was very difficult to be able to do all the things I wanted to do as a business owner, but I made sure I took time out and coached my son's football team this year. Um, and so we were there. We were we were together. We you know experienced the season together. Won our third straight championship together. And. Um, wanting to make sure that, you know, I'm here for my daughter and, and, and can support whatever it is that she's doing. So, uh, you know, she's in an IT academy at, at her high school, and I'm, I'm very, very uh, uh, driven with them and, and speak to that class and, and, and try to help out as much as possible. But when I sat back and decided, you know, this is how I want to be remembered, what, what makes that easy for us in, in breaking that down into meeting is that we can begin to define activities to encapsulate that meeting. Um, so if you know, again, the, the goal of me wanting to be remembered as a fantastic father, then what I start to do is try to make sure that I'm scheduling activities that's meeting that goal. And the great thing is, is now that I can accomplish those activities, right, as soon as the football season was over, there's that sense of accomplishment that you're actually pushing yourself to meet that role demand that you're looking for. And so it's a way for me to be reminded of what's important. It's a way for me to make sure that I'm making time today for my family and for my friends and for the people that I want to be around. And so this whole roles and goals and, and, and taking it, and what's funny is what you do in, in work and in projects is you do what's called a work breakdown structure. And what a work breakdown structure says is I'm going to put my deliverables up on a board. This is what I'm going to go after. And we need to start to break down the activities to achieve that goal into areas and tasks in which we can estimate between 8 and 80 hours. Well, you take that same structure and you call that a life breakdown structure and say, now I've got my roles, my deliverable is going to be the goal that I want to do, whether that's losing weight, whether that's improving the relationship with my spouse, whatever that may be. But now I have that goal out there and I can start to break those activities down to say, these are the things that I'm going to do in order to improve that aspect. And by doing so, now you've got a roadmap for yourself that you can actually accomplish in, in small chunks. If anybody's ever you know, gone to a, a Franklin Covey time management seminar, it's the same thing, right? It's all about taking your goals, starting to define things that you can mark off as milestones, and then define the work to meet that milestone, and then 
things start to become achievable. So it's, it's a fantastic way to look at things, but make sure that you document all the roles that you play. So you're not just the business owner or father um, or husband, but also, you know, the external family to, you know, brothers and friends and things that I want, I want to remember to do. I want to be remembered personally as a friend that anybody could call any time and we were there. Uh, anybody, you know, whoever needed anything could rely on me and my family uh, to be there for them when they needed. So all of these different things I think is important for you guys to keep in mind and to make sure that we're defining these on a, on a, a daily basis so that we feel that sense of accomplishment on a daily basis to make sure, you know, even if it's just, hey, I'm going to make sure I call home every time I'm, I'm out of town or whatever that may be, whatever it is that's important to you, you're the only one that can really identify what that work is going to be in order to achieve that self-satisfaction that you're looking for. And with that, we're going to be bringing some guests on the show in the future here that uh, we start talking about different things. One of my, my favorite ones that I'm looking forward to is going to be Tracy Duaz. Uh, Tracy's a great friend of mine, but, but studies the neuro, neuroaxiology of the brain, which basically is, is the only test I've seen out there that I haven't been able to fool from a perspective of you know, knowing what the answers are. So when you do like disc profiles or you do Myers-Briggs or any of those other things, you know, a lot of times you can answer the questions and kind of force the result that you're looking for. But in this case, with the neuroaxiology of the brain, I've, I've never been able, I mean, it is the truth. When you do it, it is the truth. And we have Tracy that's going to be coming up on the show in the next coming weeks, so watch out for that as well. So the next piece that we really want to start talking about is uh, connotation, and we're going to do that um, in just a few minutes. Um, but um, again, I want to make sure that people are reaching out and have the opportunity to talk to me. So it's at Rick A. Morris. Um, and again, you can hit me up on Facebook or through rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. If you get a moment as well, you can go to www.pm.works. So that's P as in Paul, M as in Mary. PMNetworks.com is a blog site, and of course you can find all of that stuff on www.rsquaredconsulting.com. Um, again, as many times as I say it, I, I really want that, that audience interaction and make sure that you guys are reaching out to us and, and that we're delivering a show that's really exciting for you guys to hear. With that, we've got a break that's going to be coming up. We're going to talk to you just on the other side of that. And uh, we'll pick up with connotation when we come back. So stay listening to the Work-Life Balance. This is Rick Morris. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end -end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. 
Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end -end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. Thank you, everybody, uh, for joining me on my very first show here on the Voice America Business Network, and hopefully it's the first of many. I uh, wanted to also uh, make sure that uh, I thank everyone that's uh, kind of helped me get here. Um, there's a lot of people that are going to be coming up uh, on the show in, in the future weeks that, to me, were mentors, people that uh, have really helped me in my career, people that I've learned a tremendous amount uh, of information from, and we'll be bringing them uh, on the show soon as well. I also have three books on the market around project management. Uh, there's Project Management That Works, which is really about developing a PMO our project management office. I have Stop Playing Games, which is a, a, a guide to navigating organizational politics, and then the Everything Project Management book. And if you go to rmcprojectmanagement.com or the pmbookstore.com, you can find those. And of course, they're available on Amazon in, in digital formats as well, uh, depending on how you do that. So please pick those up. would love uh, uh, for you guys to read those and then interact with me on the show about what you thought. Uh, so the next piece I wanted to talk about, you know, we, we started talking about No Day, but today we've talked about uh, making sure that we've understood our roles and how we're going to break things down. Uh, the next piece I want to talk about is connotation. And this is one of my favorite topics to, to talk about because it's, it's interesting how our brains work as individuals uh, and just as people, right, and just as human beings. And so, for instance, you know, if somebody just yelled on the street, they go, you know, hey, idiot, right, and you turn around to see who shouted at you, Based on what you see, you're going to choose on how you react, right? So in situation one, um, if it's a longtime friend and the insult, uh, it, it's not really an insult, but it's more of a joke and a term of endearment, right? You just, you know, laugh and shout back, you know, who you call an idiot, right? It's all in fun. Or situation two, you don't know the person who shouted uh, and, and, you know, react back maybe with a negative connotation of, you know, who you call an idiot or whatever. It's not fun. It's not in, in jest. And it becomes an escalating confrontation. Based on, you know, all of our environmental factors, we can choose 
connotation. You can choose how we react and how we look at things um, on a daily basis, right? If you've ever seen anybody who's just truly happy all the time, that's a choice. It is a choice to be happy. It's a choice to be mad. It's a choice to be angry. It's a choice to be able to, you know, bring, bring either good or bad into the world. And so I really want to focus on that connotation. So for instance, um, for me, you know, I, I speak all over the world to, to you know, thousands and thousands of people uh, each year. And so when I'm up on stage and I've got, you know, 800 people there and I'm leading a four-hour presentation, you know, I see a lot of different things when I'm up on stage. I'll see somebody who, who you know, left the room. I may see somebody actually dozing off. Um, uh, I may see somebody kind of shaking their head or whatever. And, and what's interesting is the human brain, we immediately go to the negative, we immediately go, wow, you know, I, I must not be doing a very good presentation because that person just left or I just put that person to sleep or, you know, they're disagreeing with everything that I'm saying. Or I can choose to have a positive reaction to that because the, the, the key is, is I'm never going to know. So if I'm never really going to know what that connotation is or what it meant, then I can choose to believe whatever I want to believe to put me in the right mindset to continue to be, you know, an entertaining presenter. So it doesn't have to be negative. So I can look at it and say, you know, whatever I just said, that person who's leaving the room was so excited, they're going to call their spouse right now and tell them what I said. Or, you know, this person isn't sleeping, that's deep meditation. And he's committing everything I say to memory. Or, you know, that person's not, you know, shaking their head in disagreement, but they just, they can't believe what they just heard. Whatever, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that we can choose whatever we want. And what we have to start to look at is what those beliefs are and whether we're having an irrational or a rational belief behind it. And so, you know, I'll tell you one of my biggest pet peeves when I was younger is, you know, I used to have to commute quite a bit. I, I live in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, you know, I go to Atlanta all the time. And I used to have to commute home uh, when I was a, a CIO of a company over there. And so I would be in Atlanta five days a week and drive home on the weekends. And, and so I'm one of those people that will go ahead and get into the lane I'm supposed to get into and I'll just ride it out and wait. And nothing used to make me more upset than when a car would just come down the, the, the lane and, and cut in at the last second. And, you know, I used to go, wow, you know, who do you think you are? You think you're more important than me? I, how come you can't wait like the rest of the people and all that other? And I used to get mad. I used to go, man, you could have wrecked the car, man. You could have hurt me. You could have done. But then you start taking a look at that and saying, you know, these are all really irrational beliefs, right? More rationally is he could have hit me, but he didn't, right? He could have wrecked my car, but he didn't, right? And, you know, the, my favorite one is like, you know, does he think he's more important than me? Well, first of all, what's the likelihood he actually knows who I am? And second of all, <laughs> do I really think that that's in there, you know, they're driving down and going, nope, I'm not more important than him, but I'm more important than that guy. And then cut that guy off. No, you look, you know, some people are impatient. That's the way they want to drive. But it has, you know, I used to be upset for several minutes after that fact um, for no reason. It, 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 so what? So the guy cut me off. So what, right? I'm healthy. I'm happy. I'm on my way home to see my family. Another great week of work. What am I getting angry for? And so that's one of the biggest things that I believe in connotation is when we start to look at these different things, if you start to recognize and realize that it's just not that big of a deal, then, you know, life becomes a lot simpler. It, it becomes so much more simpler, right? I hear people all the time are going, well, what do you think they meant by that? And I was like, I don't know, ask them, right? Ask what they meant. Then they'll tell you what they meant. Now you know. But still, you can choose 
to be happy or you can choose to be angry. You can choose all these different things. And of course, we all have bad days, right? But if we're, if we're constantly making positive choices, then that has a steamroll effect. First of all, somebody who's happy and somebody who sees life in a, in a great direction, they're fun people to be around. They're fun people to see. Um, you know, you, you, everybody out there knows that friend that no matter what's going on, you can call on that person. You're going to go have a great time with them. You're going to laugh. You're going to, you're going to look at life in a different way, right? Why not be that type of person and make those positive choices versus being negative? One of my favorite examples of that would be, you know, the, the email, right? You get an email and you read it and you're like, oh no, they didn't, right? You get all mad because you're reading it. And then you take a second look at it and realize, no, they really didn't, right? I read it wrong. I jumped to a conclusion or I jumped to a negative connotation. And sometimes, you know, I've, (laughs) I've seen what we call career limiting moves where they did read something out of context like that, jumped all over somebody and actually hurt their career going forward. So there's this whole concept of, in a way, making emotional type conversations unemotional, which happens to be the topic of next week's show. So I'm going to teach you a three-step process to go through to make emotional conversations unemotional, and then we're going to apply those to several different business solutions to make sure that we're, we're actively managing in a very positive way and that uh, we're also doing things that's going to help further our career. So from a connotation perspective, it doesn't matter. Life isn't that important sometimes for us to get as angry. And if you start to look at some of your personal relationships, and again, some of the biggest fights that you might have ever had, you you try to take a step back and look at what really caused that. And, And it's normally the smallest things. But through connotation and through just negative reinforcement of each other, you start to make, you know, the mountain out of the molehill. And I think if we start to choose a different connotation and we look at things at a more positive light, then it's not going to affect us as deeply as, as everybody thinks. So one of the challenges that I have for you is if you start to feel yourself um, get angry and you have that action or reaction, um, take a step back and look at what the belief is that you're thinking and, and really see if it's rational or irrational. And a great way to do that is to write it down. Uh, so, you know, you just got an email and you're like, I can't believe Becky did that to me. I, this is just nuts. And then, you know, who does Becky think she is? And then take a step back and write it down. You know, is she doing this this way? It, why do I feel this way? Why am I getting upset? And what's the root cause of the email or why I'm upset or whatever? And when you really start to take a, a step back, you can start to identify rational and irrational behavior. Now, I'm not saying that, that all anger and, and being angry is irrational beliefs, but I will say that more times than not, we'll jump to a conclusion and be you know, upset over no reason. So in, uh, in the segment coming up in a little bit, we'll be taking some phone calls at 866-472-5790. I'd love to hear about a situation um, where maybe you take a step back and start looking at some different thought patterns and say, you know, I really reacted negatively to this piece when it, it wasn't that big of a deal or, you know, it was more of an irrational behavior um, versus that rational thought pattern. Um, because when we start to, to discuss those things and we start talking about those things, you can recognize. And so, you know, as I work with clients, people will tell me, well, this person just, you know, they're, they're just bad person or they're a bad employee or whatever. And you start to ask them, well, what makes them a bad employee? 
what makes them you know, somebody who's not performing at the level that you wish them to, to perform at? And when you start to verbalize what's going on, it turns out that there's generally a miscommunication. So I did talk about the DISC profile a, a, a little while ago. I'm not saying that that's not a powerful tool. I, in fact, use that with my teams because what I do like about the DISC profile is it's, it's not so much about you know, what type of person I am, but what the DISC profile will do for you is it'll start to teach you about communication. So, for instance, you know, a dominant person, a D personality in a DISC profile, um, you know, just wants quick meetings, short meetings. They don't like to go through, you know, long conversations, all this other stuff. And so they, they seem to be almost irrational sometimes or pushy or dominating to people. And then you have, like, the high eyes, like me, that they're very talkative. And so we're seen as talkative or manipulative or, or things like that. You have the high S profile that, you know, people will see them as a little bit being fearful or something like that when all they're really doing is making sure everybody's got the proper buy-in, right? So a high S personality, um, that type is, is somebody who generally knows the answer that they're going after, but they want the people that's working for them to come up with that answer themselves versus just saying it. And so uh, when you're looking at these different personalities and you start to understand these different personalities, you recognize that we're actually not being irrational and rational with each other, we're having a communication difficulty. I'm not a big believer in personality conflicts. I'm, I'm a big believer in communication conflicts, and those then lead to irrational beliefs uh, from a connotation perspective. So just because you and I aren't communicating, you know, and you've probably heard somebody say where, you know, I've said this thing 30 times and, and Becky over there doesn't get it. Well, you're probably right. Becky doesn't get it because you're not sending that message in a way that she understands it. You guys are having a communication difficulty. So from a connotation perspective and from an understanding of communication perspectives, let's not be so negative. Let's be a lot more positive. Let's have um, a lot more rational beliefs and start to pause before anger gets the best of us and pause before we start to uh, drive a situation into an escalation when it's not necessary. So it's quite simple in the way that we can choose to be happy. And, and that's really a huge belief. So as part of No Day But Today and as part of this overall philosophy, we're picking the right connotation to make sure that we're having the most positive impact to the people around us and to our day in and of itself. So with that, we're going to take another break here, and uh, I'll see you on the other side of that. Today, every business is in the software business, and business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other, where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage, where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end -end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. 
This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end -end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. So welcome back to the final segment of the Work-Life Balance on this inaugural debut show. If anybody would like to uh, call in and just talk about the, the show itself, talk to me or let me know that you're listening, you can reach me at 866-472-5790. I encourage you guys to call in. Um, coming back, we talked a little bit about no day but today. We've talked about connotation. Um, we've talked about rational, irrational beliefs. One of the things that we're going to be bringing up on the show quite a bit is is a challenge to uh, the way things have always been done, right? So that's the biggest thing I hear as I work as a change agent for a lot of these organizations is that, you know, well, that's not the way we've always done it. Well, you know, if, it, if that's the way we've always done it, then um, why, you know, why even try to embrace change or, or try to become better? And, and so we'll be discussing on the show some some pretty radical thoughts um, specifically around the work-life balance. And, and with that in mind, I was going to share one with you um, that I happened to read uh, in Inc. Magazine um, just just a couple of days ago. But uh, if you guys remember Tower Paddleboards, if you're a big Shark Tank fan like I am, uh, Tower Paddleboards uh, came on uh, the show and ended up uh, you know securing a deal with the Sharks. Uh, and they did something very radical um, Recently, and and to me, it, it's a step in the right direction. If you look at the way that we work in our workforce, and specifically around our work-life balance, it seems like that nights and weekends used to be something that we asked for in times of great need as an organization. And now I see organizations leveraging nights and weekends almost as an expectation, especially in the project world. When we set these kind of impossible dates without planning properly, then we're pushing all of our employees to work a lot more hours. And we're thinking that more hours equals more productivity, but it doesn't. It really doesn't. As a matter of fact, there's some research by Duke professor Dan Ariely that, that basically, you know, says that it basically after noon, after 12 o'clock uh, on most work days, it, it becomes the, the law of diminishing returns. So the longer people are working after 12 o'clock, after 1 o'clock um, in the afternoon, then you're, you're see, essentially seeing a law uh, of diminishing returns in their overall productivity. 
And so I, I find that fascinating. And, and I'm not advocating that all of a sudden, you know, everybody gets off of work at noon, which we like. But, uh, but if you start to think about that in the protection of the work-life balance and the protection of trying to make sure people are, are being extremely productive, when, when you look at a standard, you know, eight to five type day, how much waste is really going on there? Are, are we working, you know, uh, smarter or are we just working longer? Right, and so when we have to push into these overtime hours and these nights and weekends and things like that, um, you'll see as employee morale goes down that they're spending more time around the water cooler talking about how, how unhappy they are versus really, you know, focusing and making sure that um, that work's getting done. So as a as an experiment, um, the tower paddle boards, they basically went to five hour workdays, and their official hours now are from eight a.m. to one p.m. And but most people can manage their own time now. In doing the reduction, they did the reduction of work hours in lieu of giving raises to people. And if you think about it, essentially it is a raise because I'm making the same amount of money, but I'm doing it in a, a shorter amount of time, so I get more free time to enjoy. And so what they've done is is not reduce the workload of the organization but just the time in which they spend achieving that workload. So if I know that I've got a five-hour day, then what's happening is the, is the employees are becoming far more productive. And in that five hours, they, their workload is still the same output that they were doing at an eight-hour day or 10-hour day because they're so focused to make sure that they can get out at the time that they want to get out. And you know, obviously, in any policy like this, you know, people, there's certain people that takes advantage of that. But to me, that's an HR issue. And those people are going to be taking advantage of whatever situation you put to them. So, you know, for me, it's kind of weeding that out. But for the people that are very driven and believe in the organization and are really focusing on the organization, um, this becomes a, a rewarding impact. And what they've actually seen is productivity rise um, as well as what they did, too, is make everybody a stakeholder of the organization. So, again, in lieu of giving raises, um, they gave out percentage points of equity uh, to employees. And so, essentially, if they are doing things a lot faster, they're doing it a lot better, um, and they're making more money for the organization, then they're getting a share of that. And I think that that ownership level of, of doing something like that is something that's very good. One of my... Um, one of my heroes that I like to watch on television is Marcus Lemonis uh, of The Prophet. And um, he, he has a lot of the same beliefs that I hold when, when we're running business. But what you always see him, especially when he has fantastic employees and, and everything else, give a percentage equity of, uh, to, those, to those employees so that, again, their vested interest is the same as mine, which is, you know, we want to make more money, we want to have low, uh, low overhead and uh, eventually, you know, retire and retire happy. Uh, coming back uh, to uh, the tower uh, story, so they went to five-hour workdays. Um, basically, they they are are using somewhat of a self-discipline model since everybody's an owner. Um, and so, what it's teaching people to do is effectively set and follow their own uh, deadlines. They're all a stakeholder. And what they're also finding out is that the employees are using the extra hours to stay healthy. And so, you know, when you have that time from one to five um, in the afternoon, they're, they're doing some more physical activity and, and actually becoming healthier for doing that. 
Um, and that unique approach to work management is really giving that company's em- image some edge. You know, one of my favorite stories uh, of the dot-com era uh, was around Kingston Memory. So Kingston Memory um, was one of the, the leading providers of, of memory for the devices back then. And what was happening was uh, what they did for Christmas one year is they gave everybody uh, 100% of what their salary was as a Christmas bonus. And while that was a radical move, they were making money hand over fist. They wanted to make sure everybody was happy. Uh, they just blew away all their expectations, and so they rewarded their employees. You know, a move like that got them on the air. And so NBC and CBS and all the, the major news outlets were actually covering them because of the move. So number one, it helped with employee retention. Number two, it got some fantastic free advertising and goodwill. Number three... I mean, they got flooded with applications of some fantastic people that wanted to come work for them because they were a progressive thought leader. Um, so having do you know things like that in, in moves like what Tower did, um, again, they got a write-up in Inc. Magazine uh, because of this kind of radical different move. And again, employees are extremely happy. The work-life balance is there. Everybody's excited to be a part of the organization. And to me, that's true work-life balance. We have to find ways as business owners, as business leaders, especially in this day and age of digital disruption, of finding ways to motivate the employees a lot better, but also become different and differentiators. And, And this all plays back into the roles and goals of how do you want to be remembered. So if you want to be remembered as a fantastic boss and you want to be remembered, you got to, you know, for all of us, we've all had several bosses. So I would start to ask you, who was your favorite and why were they favorite, your favorite? And most likely it's because they're the people that actually cared about you and protected your work-life balance. So as you start to write down your goals and break down the things that you're trying to go after, I ask you, how do you want to be remembered and remind you that you have no day but today to get started? So again, you can find me at Rick A. Morris. Uh, You can hit me up on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Facebook. I'm very, very active on social media. We've got some very exciting guests coming up. Next week, we're going to be discussing uh, making emotional conversations unemotional, which is a platform of mine of how to really get to the data and frame conversations to make sure that you're influencing the right metrics within business that you want. Uh, We're going to have John Stenbeck on, who uh, is an author of Agile Practices, and we're going to debate Agile versus Project Management. Got Tracy Duez coming on that's going to talk about the axiology of the brain. I've got Don Delashaw that's going to be coming on, which is a great friend of mine, and he was actually my boss a couple of different times. Um, one of my main mentors uh, growing up in project management. This guy was was difficult to work for, but uh, he, he taught me everything I really knew about project management. We're going to have Dan Bailey on, who actually uh, has a, a new coffee company that is uh, starting to compete with the likes of Starbucks and other things, but he's got a really revolutionary uh, way that he's going after it and very socially conscious. Um, I have a great friend of mine, Peter Taylor, coming on, otherwise known as the Lazy PM. And we've got Debbie Lundberg that's going to be a guest as well, and she talks about how to present powerfully. So really fantastic uh, guest lineup coming up. I thank you so much for listening to my inaugural show. Welcome to all the feedback, and I look forward to talking to you guys at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, next week on the Work-Life Balance. This is Rick Morris. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.